June for the Dixie Book of Days. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Dixie Book of Days by Page Andrews. June. The Sleeper. At midnight in the month of June, I stand beneath the mystic moon. An opiate vapor, dewy dim, exhales from outer golden rim, and softly dripping drop by drop upon the quiet mountain top, steals drowsily and musically into the universal valley. The rosemary nods upon the grave, the lily lolls upon the wave. Wrapping the fog above its breast, the ruin moulders into rest. Looking like Lethe, see, the lake a conscious slumber seems to take, and would not for the world awake. Edgar Allan Poe June 1st The year, and all the gentle daughters in her train, march in our ranks, and in our service wield long spears of golden grain. A yellow blossom as her fairy shield, June flings her azure banner to the wind, while in the order of their birth her sisters pass, and many an ample field grows white beneath their steps, till now, behold, its endless sheets unfold the snow of southern summers. Henry Timrod, Ethnogenesis Kentucky admitted to the Union, 1792 Tennessee admitted to the Union, 1796 John H. Morgan, born, 1825 June 2nd In regard to African slavery, which has played so important a part in our political history, Randolph was an emancipationist, as distinguished from an abolitionist. This distinction was a very broad one, as broad as that between Algernon Sidney and Jack Cade, or between Charlemagne and Peter the Hermit. In fact, it was the difference between reason and fanaticism. On this subject Randolph and Clay concurred. Both were emancipationists, and both denounced the abolitionists, as did also Webster, and all the best, wisest, and purest men of that day. Judge Daniel Bettinger Lucas John Randolph, born 1773 June third. Other leaders have had their triumphs. Conquerors have won crowns, and honors have been piled on the victors of earth's great battles. But never, sir, came man to more loving people. Henry W. Grady Jefferson Davis, born in Kentucky, 1808. June 4th. In the hallowed stillness of your bridal eve, ere the guests have all assembled, lift up to yours the pale face, love's perfect image, and you shall see that vision to which God our Father vouchsafes no equal this side the jasper throne. You shall see the ineffable eyes of innocence entrusting to you, unworthy, oh, so unworthy, her destiny through time and eternity. Inhale the perfume of her breath and hair, that puts the violets of the wood to shame. Press your first kiss, for now she is all your own, your first kiss upon the trembling petals of her lips, and you shall hear, with ears you knew not that you had, the silver chiming of your wedding-bells far, far up in heaven. George W. Bagby June 5th The Women of the South Instead of superficial adornments and supine action, the intellectual sympathies and interests of these women were large, and they undertook with wise and just guidance the management of households and farms and servants, leaving the men free for war and civil government. 
These noble and resolute women were the mothers of the Gracchi, of the men who built up the greatness of the Union, and accomplished the unexampled achievements of the Confederacy. J. L. M. Curry June 6th. To the brave all homage render, weep ye skies of June, with a radiance pure and tender, shine, O saddened moon. Dead upon the field of glory, hero fit for song and story, lies our bold dragoon. John R. Thompson Turner Ashby, killed in Shenandoah Valley, Campaign, 1862. Patrick Henry dies, 1799. June 7th. Peace to the dead, though peace is not in the regal dome or the pauper cot, peace to the dead, there's peace we trust with the pale dreamers in the dust. James Ryder Randall Monument created 1910 to the memory of Confederate officers who perished from starvation and exposure at Johnson's Island. June 8th. Aurora faints in the fulgent fire of the monarch of morning's bright embrace, and the summer day climbs higher and higher up the cerulean space. The pearl tints fade from the radiant grain, and the sportive breeze of the ocean dies, and soon in the noontide's soundless rain the fields seem graced by a million eyes, each grain with a glance from its lidded fold as bright as a gnome's in his mine of gold, while the slumberous glamour of beam and heat glides over and under the windless wheat. Paul Hamilton Hayne Stonewall Jackson turns upon Fremont at Cross Keys, 1862. June ninth. He sleeps. What need to question now if he were wrong or right? He knows ere this whose cause was just in God the Father's sight. He wields no warlike weapons now, returns no foeman's thrust. Who but a coward would revile an honest soldier's dust? Roll, Shenandoah, proudly roll adown thy rocky glen above thee lies the grave of one of stonewall jackson's men mary ashley townsend stonewall jackson meets shields at port republic eighteen sixty two june tenth the indomitable courage the patient endurance of privations the supreme devotion of the southern soldiers will stand on the pages of history as engraven on a monument more enduring than brass. Major Jason F. Huntington, U.S.A. United Confederate Veterans Organized at New Orleans, 1889. Battle of Bethel, Virginia, the first regular engagement of the war between the states, 1861. June 11th. We believed that it was most desirable that the North should win. We believed in the principle that the Union is indissoluble, but we equally believed that those who stood against us held just as sacred convictions that were the opposite of ours, and we respected them, as every man with a heart must respect those who gave all for their belief. Justice O. W. Holmes, Massachusetts June twelfth. The band preceding the coffin smote on their ears with poignant loud lamenting, then carried its sorrow to die moaning on the night. As the shadowy cortege filed by, men bearing lanterns on either side the hearse, a horse riderless, with boots empty in the stirrups, 
following. A few soldiers carrying arms reversed, a single carriage with mourners. The effect was infinitely sad, so common the spectacle during the battle summer. It did not occur to them to even wonder which of our martyrs was thus journeying to his last home. Mrs. Burton Harrison June 13th A little bird there was once, with golden wings, in the stars she would build her nest, and so with a twig in her beak at eventide when Hesperus sank to rest, away to the starry deep she flew. For, said she, in the Pleiades shall my nesting be. Ah, little bird, there are heights far, far too high for the reach of those tiny wings. Down here by this thicket of haw let us rest, you and I, and list what the brooklet sings. Alan Kerr Bond June 14th A flash from the edge of a hostile trench, a puff of smoke, a roar whose echo shall roll from the Kennesaw Hills to the farthermost Christian shore, proclaims to the world that the warrior-priest will battle for right no more. Henry Linden Flash General Leonidas Polk, the warrior-bishop, killed at Kennesaw Mountain, 1864. June 15th. O art, high gift of heaven, how oft defamed when seeming praised, to most a craft that fits by dead prescriptive rule the scattered bits of gathered knowledge, even so misnamed by some who would invoke thee. Washington Alston June 16th. When Benjer get ter talkin', you better hold your tongue. It make you think you's grit and grand and rich and strong and young, and everything where scrumptious right at your feet is flung. Oh, my soul gets up and humps itself and goes outside and walks, when a picker gets ter pickin' and a banjer talks. Anne Virginia Culbertson. Winchester captured by Confederates, 1863. June 17th. Generous tribute of a brave foe and distinguished American soldier and citizen. Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia never sustained defeat, finally succumbing to exhaustion, to the end they were not overthrown in fight. Charles Francis Adams, Massachusetts. June 18th. Now, Ham. The only nigger what was runnin' under packet got lonesome in de barber shop, and couldn't stand de racket, and so for to amuse herself, he steamed some wood and bent it, and soon he had a banjo made de first dat was invented. De possum had as fine a tail as dis dat eyes a singin', de hair so long and thick and strong, des fit for banjo stringin'. That nigger shaved em off as short as wash-day dinner graces, and sorted up dem by de size, from little ease to bases. Irwin Russell Origin of the Banjo on Board the Ark June 19th By Captain Winslow's account, the Kearsarge was struck twenty-eight times, but his ship being armored, my shot and shell fell harmless into the sea. The Alabama was not mortally wounded until after the Kearsarge had been firing at her an hour and ten minutes. 
In the meantime, in spite of the armor of the Kearsarge, I lodged a rifled percussion shell near her stern post, where there were no chains, which failed to explode because of the defect of the cap. On so slight an incident, the defect of a percussion cap, did the battle hinge. Raphael Semmes The Alabama sunk by the Kearsarge, off Cherbourg, 1864. June 20th. Jamestown and St. Mary's are both within the segment of a circle of comparatively small radius whose center is at the mouth of the Chesapeake. In this strategic region, the key of America, Raleigh chose the base from which he would colonize the new empire. Here the Jamestown experiment succeeded, after Raleigh's head had fallen on the block. The revolution was fired by the eloquence of Patrick Henry, and was consummated at Yorktown. The War of 1812 was settled by the victories of North Point and Fort McHenry. The crisis of the Civil War occurred, and seven Presidents of the United States were born. Allen S. Will The first Lord Baltimore obtains from the Crown a grant of the territory lying between the Potomac and the Fortieth Parallel, 1632. Secession of West Virginia from Virginia sustained by the Federal Government 1863. Virginia, who had given to all the states in common five great commonwealths of the Northwest, and the county of Kentucky, was now bereft of half of what remained to her. June 21st. What care I if Cyrus McCormick was born in Rockbridge County? These newfangled contraptions are to the old system what the little dirty black steam-tug is to the three-decker with its cloud of snowy canvas towering to the skies, the grandest and most beautiful sight in the world. I wouldn't give Uncle Isham's picked man, Long Billy Carter, leading the field, with one good drink of whiskey in him, I wouldn't give one swing of his cradle and one catch of his straw for all the mowers and reapers in creation. George W. Bagby Cyrus Hall McCormick of Virginia patents his reaping machine, 1831. June 22nd. If I could dwell where Israfel hath dwelt, and he where I, he might not sing so wildly well a mortal melody, while a bolder note than this might swell from my lyre within the sky. Edgar Allan Poe. Arkansas readmitted to the Union, 1868. June 23rd. The Brook. It is the mountain to the sea that makes a messenger of me, and, lest I loiter on the way and lose what I am sent to say, he sets his reverie to song and bids me sing it all day long. John B. Tabb June 24th An amusing commentary on the making of some histories. I have here a small volume entitled John Randolph by Henry Adams. It is one of a series called American Statesmen, and emanates from the thin air of Boston. The series is edited by Mr. J. T. Morse, Jr. By what law of selection he has been governed in allotting to particular authors the preparation of respective biographies, it is impossible to divine. It is quite clear, however, that he has not followed any rule of qualification or congeniality hitherto recognized by men or angels. 
For example, a foreigner, Dr. von Holtz, who, in an emphatically European and un-American treatise on the Federal Constitution, had already denounced Calhoun as a kind of Lucifer, is appointed his biographer. Henry Clay, the father of protection, as it is called, is assigned to Karl Schurz, who, I understand, is an ardent advocate of free trade, while John Randolph is turned over to the tender mercies of a descendant of the first vice-president, and the grandson of John Quincy Adams. Had this unique law of selection prevailed hitherto, we might have had a biography of Luther by Leo X, a life of St. Thomas Aquinas by John Payne, while Pontius Pilate, or more likely the devil himself, would have been selected to chronicle the divine career of Jesus Christ. Daniel B. Lucas John Randolph dies, 1833 June 25th But far away another line is stretching dark and long, another flag is floating free where armed legions throng, another war cries on the air as wakes the martial drum, and onward still, in serried ranks, the southern soldiers come. George Herbert Sass Beginning of Seven Days' Battle Around Richmond, 1862 June 26th a prophecy, 1869. The close of the Civil War found the conquering states so nearly equally divided between the radical and conservative parties, that if the South should be restored to her relative might in the Union, the balance would be thrown at once in favor of the conservatives. The problem, therefore, assumed a mathematical form, and demanded that the South should not reinforce the conservatives of the North. This could be prevented only in two ways viz., either by keeping the South out of the Union entirely, or by placing the political power there in the hands of a minority. To adopt one or the other of these expedients was a party necessity. This is the whole key to Reconstruction, and fifty years hence no man living will be found to deny it. Judge J. Fairfax McLaughlin In the Southern Metropolis, June 26, 1869 June 27th. The duties exacted of us by civilization and Christianity are not less obligatory in the country of our enemy than in our own. Robert E. Lee. Lee issues his famous Chambersburg Order, 1863. Winnie Davis, born 1864. June 28th. Colonel William Moultrie, Sergeant Jasper, Palmetto Day. The battle holds a conspicuous place in the history of the Revolution. It was our first clear victory over the British, and won over one of England's most distinguished naval officers. John J. Dargan. Defense of Fort Sullivan, Moultrie, 1776. North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, and Louisiana readmitted to the Union, 1868. June 29th. His trumpet tones re-echoed like evangels to the free, where Chimborazo views the world mosaicked in the sea, and his proud form shall stand erect in that triumphal car 
which bears to the Valhalla Gates heroic boulevard. James Ryder Randall Henry Clay dies, 1852 June 30th Yes, there's a charm about the name of Mary which haunts me like some old enchanter's spell, or rather like the voice of some sweet fairy singing low love-songs in a lonely dell. It hath a music that can never weary, a strain that seems of love and grief to tell, the echoes of an anthem from the shrine of peace and bliss and rest and love divine. William Woodson Hendry Robert E. Lee marries Mary Page Custis, great-granddaughter of Martha Washington, 1831. End of June. Recording by Bill Borst.